Thank you for tuning in to the Anna Buddies podcast, a podcast done by three quite smooth-brained people. Uh, viewer discretion warned. Uh, there will be spoilers, probably some coarse language, and uh, some disgustingly spicy takes. Um, thank you. Hope you stick around for the show. How do we start this? Who who's leading? Oh yeah, was this, this wasn't either yeah. of ours. Yeah, this wasn't either of our show. Uh, Tristan, you're up. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you everybody for joining us this week on the Anna Buddies podcast. I am your new host, Tristan, aka the King of Castle. Alongside me are the buddies, Alex, aka uh-huh. Cream Chana. And we got Matt, a.k.a. Oh, yeah. Maddie Spice. And uh, so before we really get started into the show we watched this week, how's everybody's, uh, how's everybody's week since last episode? Yeah, it's been pretty good. I went goblin mode and watched like four different animes. Just, just ate them up. Yeah. Yep. What shows uh, did you watch? I watch Shadow's House. Okay. Uh, actually, let me check. That's so. I'm currently also watching Given. Deleted, filtered, last updated. Watched Requiem of the Rose King. Uh, the new Tekken show. Uh, Domestic That's Girlfriend. Hell yeah. Uh, I think I finished Panty and Stalking in between now. Between the last episode and now, and uh, Ikebukuro Westgate Park. Oh, nice. Yeah. All a little bit of a variety shows. in there. Yes, yes. And a, a nice that it's like no shonen. <clears throat> um, Westgate Park was definitely like a, a beta de rah rah for sure. Yeah, really. I'm about it. <laughs> Might have to check that one out. There's no like sci fi stuff, but. Those set in uh, Ikebukuro, both around like gangs. Ah, this one's just super fast. Does it have the like shifting narrative that Dorara had? Not so much. It's told like from one person, but Dorara is like an improvement. But kind of the same stuff, just kind of like, you know, going around like helping out different people uh, in Ikebukuro. Getting to know them, and then they all kind of come together towards the end. Stuff. Okay. Yeah. It was nice. And then the Tekken show just really reminded me of the video game, but I also feel like it should have just been a two-hour movie. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like yeah. did you watch it too, Matt? No, it's on my list, but uh, I had the same kind of feeling when they... Uh, when they were kind of like putting trailers and everything out where I didn't really want to wait weeks between it, but mm. is this a different reason? No, just like the way it's like cut and stuff just makes me feel like they wrote a script for a movie. And then Netflix was like, we won't give you a movie, but we'll give you six 25 minute episodes. Oh, I see. Which like, what's, okay. what's really the difference? Um, one 
has people as a captive audience coming back five more times. So if it's spread out over six weeks, that means they have to pay for a month of subscription because the first month trial is over after episode four or five. But it wasn't weekly. It all dropped at one time. Oh, shit. Okay. Well. It all it all came out at once. Thank um, you, Netflix's business model. Yeah, that just sounds like Tiger King to me. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, like, it was cool or whatever, but it, it really just felt like uh, they took the cutscenes from Tekken. From one of the Tekken games. I don't I can't tell you which one. I haven't played enough. But what have y'all been up to? You know, I've actually been a busy bee this last few weeks. Um computer uh, Meshugana aside, um, this dude has watched a good amount of movies. And not all of them good, but the highlights (laughs) were Men in Black one through three. Uh Miss Congeniality and Miss Congeniality 2 just the other night. Um, and then uh, Godzilla versus Mothra. And that was uh, the first one in like the 60s, I think, or late 50s, maybe. Nice. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm going through a phase right now. And... Uh, We'll see what comes out the other side. But uh, <laughs> temporarily, I'm rocking the mustache, so that's pretty big. Hey, welcome to the club. Oh, dude, you've got a mustache, too? I've got a pretty nice handlebar going on. You know, I thought about shaving it into a handlebar and then seeing if I wanted to go shorter from there. But I just, I just did it high and tight real quick uh, one morning before work. Because uh, I guess that's what guys do when they're having a midlife crisis. <laughs> uh, what about you, Tristan? What have you had cooking since the last time we had you on the pod? Um, it's it's been a minute. Uh, let's see. Uh, just been watching a lot of anime. Been watching some seasonal stuff. Uh, favorite so far is going to be Made in Abyss season two. Yeah. Um my Don't uncle from it. another dimension. Yeah, no, I won't I won't I won't be saying nothing, but it's very good. Very, very good. I cannot wait for the season to end because I just want to know more. I'm glad to hear it's holding up because I ended up revising my score to a ten for season one. Uh after we had to re-record the episode and I had to rewatch it. The second time through, <laughs> just it pushed me from that like low nine to. Did uh, either of y'all watch the the movie that ties in between season one and season two? Yes, we I did. Think we included that as we, we penance did, for yeah. our lateness. Yes, yes, yes. That movie had me fucked up, bro. Oh yeah. my god, it was a good ass movie. I wish they would have. I wish. I wish they would have shown that in theaters. Here. Uh, I don't think they could have shown that in theaters. Yeah, that's, like, a, that's a little much for a, a Western audience. a child. <laughs> okay, listen. And I then can... her childhood companion ate her. Yeah, he was he was thirsty. Okay. 
He's having a little, he's having a little sip. Yeah, but uh, I get it. The, what, I don't want to talk about the Western audience and what they do to to children, anyways. But uh, yeah, I want to talk about the Chinese <laughs> audience, the only one that matters in terms of viewership. Just uh, me. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But yeah, I've been watching. Uh, what is it? My uncle from another dimension. That shit cracks me up. Like being a very big isekai fan, and that's the like inverted isekai or whatever, or the like isekai parody almost. Pretty much, yeah. It's like what happens if you live an isekai life and then come back to the real world, and <laughs> it's yeah. it's very funny. And I think a lot of the jokes really hit, especially if you understand like the the isekai tropes that they're making fun of. Like it's. It's spot on. It is very good. I can just feel myself watching that and taking shots at at Shield Hero wherever I get a chance. <laughs> you you will find your uh, opportunities. That's for sure. Okay. Um, and then also other top three would be Call of the Night. Um, that one's very good. I ended up uh, watching the first like two episodes, and then I just read the whole manga because it was right up my alley so that was very good yeah and that's then, kind of what happened for me with spy family we only got a couple episodes into it before i started reading ahead and just got me it hooked me oh yeah oh yeah the only reason i didn't read spy family is because the second season's coming out pretty soon i'm pretty sure it comes out next season so uh, I was just like, you know, I'll just I'll just wait. And then once I finish the next season, then I'm probably going to start reading from there and catch up. Yeah. Next season being fall, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So here in like what a month. Yeah, not even probably not even like. Yeah. And then uh, I still want to do the conspiracy podcast that kind of fell apart with the people I was trying to get it going with. So now I'm going to have to get that started up on my own. Uh, I did just get a studio mic. Um, so now I'm looking to get a better set of like studio headphones that don't have the mic attached to it. Cause I uh, also have a buddy that might be sending me some DJ equipment here pretty soon. So uh, yeah, so I've got a couple of side things planned other than that, just kind of been chilling. Definitely feel free to rope me in if you need a guest or anything when you get up and running. Will do, will do. Um, I know. I uh, say, maybe we can even throw a little channel in the Discord for conspiracy theory talk. I'm so down. I just know that uh, with today's episode, uh, I will be giving y'all a little a little taste of it because uh, Serial Experiments Lane does actually touch upon a couple of real world things. Oh, okay, it does. It does. That was wild. Yeah. So Sorry. I'm uh, pretty excited for that. But uh, I guess that gives us a little segue into we watched Serial Experiments Lane this week. Uh, so before we get into that, remember to give us a rating on whatever streaming service you use to listen to the podcast. Please join the Discord and follow Twitter for updates. So and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Um, You're <laughs> So we watched Serial Experiments Lane this week. Um, let's see. The writer is 
Chiaki Konaka. It looks like, uh, as far as other things written by him, it looks like what I at least recognize would be Digimon Tamers. Let's go. Uh, looks like he wrote a bit of Helsing. And the only other thing I really recognize is going to be Technolize. Oh, he also wrote Technolize? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so this. Yeah, so this. So it was Lane, then Digimon, then Technolize. That makes so much sense. I was I was kind of surprised because I thought he did Ergo Proxy as well, but I guess that was just within the same genre. I guess not mm-hmm. necessarily uh, same writer. Yo, do you think we should watch Ergo Proxy? Um, I liked Ergo Proxy because uh, I did watch it around the same time that I watched Serial Experiments Lane for the first time back in high school. And I do rem- remember enjoying it, but it's been so long that I don't really remember as much of it. That's fair. Uh, we'll see how we all feel about this one. Yeah, because uh, I think I think if everyone has pretty high scores on this, Ergo Proxy isn't as good, but it is still very good. Uh, let's see. For the studio, we have Triangle Staff. And looking at their Wikipedia here, it looks like uh, I got nothing on Triangle Staff. Sorry. Yeah, nothing. Not 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 a thing. Oh, oh no! Is this what I think it is? Let me double check. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I've seen a little bit of Magic Users Club. It's okay. There you go. Nice pull. It's okay. 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 It's a little funny. Okay. Got some. Got some jokes. So, I know I had previous experience going into this. Like I said, I'd seen it in high school. Uh, what about you, fellas? Did y'all know anything about this show, or have y'all seen it before? Uh, before watching it for this episode, um, actually, no. The first time I became aware of its existence was while we were talking about Technolize. I think on the podcast, um. Which now I understand how it was brought up because I spent a few weeks there trying to figure out the connection and I didn't dig deep enough. I should have gone to the manga. (laughs) Got to get a weed by the roots, Matthew. True, true. If you really want to get it out. It's true. It's true. But I'm glad we got that weed out of my brain now. And uh, you know what? I am damn glad that I did hear about Serial Experiments Lane. Oh, yeah. Um, As for myself, I had watched probably about the first eight or nine episodes, about like three months after I watched Ergo Proxy a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Didn't finish the show, then proceeded to buy the Blu-ray and then not touch the Blu-ray until (laughs) it was time for the podcast. Uh, I mean, that's fair. I, I actually own it on Blu-ray as well, and I busted it out to show my girlfriend like three, four months ago. And I think we watched like the first two episodes and then she was just like, I'm not really in an anime mood. And I was like, that's fair. That's, and then, yeah, uh, yeah. And then for the episode, I didn't even watch the Blu-ray. I have that pop, I guess, that a lot of like shonen and like cutesy stuff has that draws you in for the like building episodes 
Yeah, so, this is this is a lot more of a slow burn type show. Yeah, it it has some very like artsy vibes to it where they're kind of requiring you to have some I guess I don't want to say have some understanding, but maybe be more understanding of what they're trying to do or what they're trying to accomplish big picture. Yeah, I'd say this is one of those shows that it does not give you a lot of information. It makes you read in between the lines for a lot of things. And uh, if you're not going to sit there and give it your full attention, then you're going to miss half the show. And confirm. There was one point where I had to watch two episodes over again because I got caught up in something. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. I What I really like about this show is that uh, everybody, like, there's there's gonna be like a different thing that everybody's gonna like take away specifically from this show that really sticks out, which I think is really nice. I I agree. Uh, I kind of like shows that are open to interpretation, um, just because I don't know it, it gives it so much more to talk about, you know, because then each person kind of takes away what they want from it, and just kind of hearing each person's takeaway just kind of shows how one show can be so vastly different to different people. Yeah. Also let's, Definitely. yeah, let's do a little bit too much into like the site, the Fashuke of the, uh, person watching this show as well. Yeah. Uh, so what kind of people would you, or would you not suggest this show to you? Uh, I would not recommend this to people that don't believe in human rights. That's a pretty big one. Yeah. Because I feel like they would take the wrong messages from this show. And do something bad. But I would recommend this to pretty much everybody else. This is a great show. Despite what my mouse score says. What about you, Matt? Um, I think uh, people I would suggest this show to are... Probably people who have done some exploring in anime and already know they're kind of into sci-fi. Um, it's it's a little bit of a heavy undertaking, I feel like, but it's it's definitely worth it. Yeah, for me personally, I feel like this is one of those shows that I would not recommend to a lot of people. And I feel like the only people I would really recommend this to would be people big into sci-fi and big into like, not necessarily psychological, like horror, but just psychological shows, you know, kind of like psychological thrillers, I guess. Uh, I feel like, yeah, I feel like those are the people that would only really enjoy it. Can I redact my answer? Um, Uh, yeah, I guess. Give another guess, one, but I don't you can just give one in addition to. That's fair. okay. <laughs> fair. Uh, I don't recommend this show to people with ADHD. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think they would have a good time. Yeah, let's uh, see. Uh, you glance away for like thirty seconds to go address something else real quick, and then you're back and you're completely lost. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, before we move on, Alex, do you want to give uh, Anchor a shout out? 
Well, we actually uh, stopped using Anchor as our uh, main sponsor, and now we are uh, we're using water. 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 The best sponsor. Do you know what was really thing? You know, it was really keeping our goddess Lane alive in her room. Was on the <laughs> wired. It was water, baby, keeping her and presumably at that point her computer both alive. It's true. Yeah, I'm not no, wrong on that. Uh, earlier today, I was sitting on the couch with my desktop on my wooden coffee table in my underwear, uh, and I don't think I've ever felt closer to our goddess Lane. And when she sat there in the middle of her room saying, you have to take all your clothes off to get rid of all the static charge. That's right. Um, you were having a lot of computer issues. It's true. Very specifically uh, to do with the processor housed in the motherboard. The primary thing you don't want to touch with a static charge. <laughs> I I believe that. But uh shout out to Water for helping me keep my cool through it all. Very nice, very nice. Everybody raise your glasses high. Toast to water. I actually gotta I gotta do my two liter jug not to flex. Oh that's pretty big flex. In liters. Yeah, I unironically do try to measure like how much i drink in liters i can respect I, it i mean i use a 24 hour clock on my phone and, yeah i you know i try to use the metric system as much as possible might as well convert you know uh here in about a uh, hundred to thousand years uh yeah. that i will be here for by the way every single one of them when i inevitably get my brain put into a robot body Oh, so we're oh are we all uploading ourselves to the wired well yeah how else are we going to be here in a thousand years for when everything converts to metric finally standardized <laughs> <laughs> he's got a point he's got a point he does have a point you know those americans they'll cling to their empirical sy imperial <laughs> system sorry I thought you were going to say their imperialism, and I was going to say, I'm trying not to bring up politics today. Uh, well, I've got some politics for you. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm cutting this one short. <laughs> so, what'd you boys think of the opening and the ending songs? What did, what did y'all think? Uh, not all boys, but I did like the opening. The opening was very cathartic. Um, the opening, opening, the present day, present time, <laughs> fucked me up. Uh, I had that like echoing in my brain while I slept for a couple of nights, so that was rough. Oh but, no! Um, the nice, peaceful, actual OP was. It was a nice little vibe, and I like kind of how they. The art style seemed like it was a little sharper in the OP than it was in the actual show. Mm -hmm. um, but it's nice. It's pretty. I definitely am a, a big fan of the opening. Um, even though it has been probably years since I've 
scene lane, like even before watching it a, a little while back with my girlfriend, that opener is something that was always a bop, never forgot it. And uh, just hearing it again, I'm just like certified banger every time. And then ah. the ending definitely gives it that wind down after the episode that you that you need. So a uh, quick question. Am I was I tripping or was Lane and staring back at us in the TV um, only for some of the episodes and like other episodes she wasn't? Um, I think you might have been tripping because I'm pretty sure I saw her in every episode. Okay. Pretty confident as well, but I didn't go back to check after you had mentioned something along those lines in the Discord. Sorry, it wouldn't be the first time. I could just be wrong. It's okay. Remember that time I thought that one (laughs) anime had an OP that was dubbed? (laughs) Yeah. That was a mess. We all all, uh, all have our things. Yeah, sometimes we have auditory hallucinations. Sometimes we have visual hallucinations. Sure. Yeah, you just got to roll with it. True. Our psychosis is not other people's burden. It's not even our own, you know? <laughs> you just got to learn to enjoy it. Um, Speaking of enjoying things, favorite characters? It's tough. I think. I mean, obviously, the goddess herself, Lane, can't go wrong. But, but like, now, which, which Lane? Which lane yeah. That's the question. I like um, the one that was being mean to the only person who was nice to her after her life started falling apart. Was that evil uh, Lane? Yeah, the one that was basically like tormenting her in her own bedroom. Like, I'm gonna tell everybody you diddle yourself. Oh, that one was funny. <laughs> that was that was such a mess. And it's like right on the heels of everybody turning against Lane and this one girl being like, I don't believe that. She wouldn't do that. Oh, poor girl. Lane of the Wired was definitely something else. Yeah, so I think I think mine is sweet innocent Lane because she just she just wanted to do a little trolling. We do a little trolling. We do just a little trolling. A couple of nerve gas canisters go missing from the military warehouse or whatever. No big deal. We do. Whoa, a little whoa, trolling. whoa, whoa, whoa! Anything said by any of the hosts of the Antibodies podcast does not directly support. The Antibodies podcast, just the individual that said it. Yeah, the Antibodies would never commit crime ever. I'm the only one here that thinks crime is rad. Uh, crime obviously pays. It's true. It obviously pays. My God, have you seen the new Saints Row? I apparently it's awful, and it makes my it heart is, sad. But. It's like a $60 game. Crime pays. Uh, I was... uh, Sad times. (laughs) Drink water. Plant a tree. And a dog. So, 
I guess we should briefly describe the synopsis for our viewers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Serial Experiments Lane is a show about a middle school girl who gets very, very involved with computers. And as she gets more involved with computers, the the separation between reality and the internet becomes more and more blurred until it finally just completely disappears. And some of the consequences that come along with the disappearance of the, that barrier. Um, what moments really stood out to y'all from the series as a whole? Like what were, what were the most standout things for y'all? Um, on a joking note, them calling Psyche Fushuke. <laughs> I, uh, oh. oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say that really fucked with me, <laughs> especially whenever they kept doing it, like later on in the show after, after it'd been a while. Um, <laughs> the club being called Siberia and them them actually bringing like real life, like, shit into the show and I'm like damn this like all makes sense even within context of the show and this is actual things this this shit's wild right now you could say it blurred the line between reality and the show <sighs> yeah it, it really could it really did it really did it did its job really well um aside from the bit that resonated with me where Lane was doing her computer work um for some reason I don't know why but I've thought back to it multiple times and extrapolated almost nothing from it but that one scene or that one bit where Lane is in the wired and that one kid who is a member of the knights is just sitting there with the buster sword slaying monsters as they spawn um I don't know, visually like the graininess of that scene was uh like the texture or filter over it. Um it's like visually seared in my memory. So says something about the art choice, I guess. Yeah, it's uh, a very visually striking show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you got to think about how when this came out in the 90s with the old box TVs, you got to think about how the graininess on those TVs just amplifies it and probably right. made it look very and how, like old, old, like uh, wrestling games and everything. I remember playing them and I got a flat screen TV or I got a, my parents got a flat screen TV when I was like eight or nine and I plugged my little PlayStation 2 into that. And all of a sudden, the thing looked like shit. And my dad said the TV must be broken because it was supposed to be better than the old one. (laughs) Damn. Now, that's what I was saying in the Discord. Like, I I low-key regret watching it on Blu-ray because it, like, it looked great. Like, it was was very nicely, like, touched up. But it just felt wrong watching it in, like, 1080, like, HD quality. Uh, whenever I should be watching this in like 4P in a dark room with some fucking Cheetos in my lap. I should be watching this on like a modified like audio cassette that runs in your VCR. Yeah, like 
like this show, like it's such a it's such a vibe, and it's it just really encapsulates like the whole like cyberpunk stuff going on. Oh yeah, it it definitely had a vibe it was going for, and I think it knocked that vibe out of the park. Max, what what moment stuck out to you though? I think. One of the moments that really stuck out to me is when I think it's one of the earlier episodes when people are dying from playing that video game. Mm. And um, if you die in real life, you die in the game, too. Yeah, wired. But uh, I just thought that was something that was very interesting, considering the time that the show came out and then how many more times we have seen that same idea brought up especially nowadays um, yeah and like how massively popular sword art online got from doing a much worse job of the same kind of central premise where like the world inside the game was so real to the players that the real world was like a struggle for them to come back to yeah uh, that that was something that was really interesting um another thing that i thought was super interesting is as she gets deeper and deeper into this rabbit hole the more her room just transforms into this cyberpunk dystopian just room filled with pipes and wires and the way it just gets darker and darker and darker throughout the series until the only real light you can see in the room is just from the illumination of the screens. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I like the way they did that. Like almost like the world around her was being built um, or manufactured to, you know, look like, that room is a portal into the wired or like I guess something along the lines of that. Um, I thought it was uh oh, sorry. No, you're was, good, you're good. My last yeah. bit was just like uh it's conversely they could have just made it a room filled with like Mountain Dew bottles and Dorito bags and the <laughs> garbage blocks out the light. But uh, that's I like that's the way they 20, did it better. Yeah, I was gonna say that's the that's the 2022 version. Uh, I was going to say, I like, I liked it as a nice visual, just storytelling of showing like how much like uh, the technology is like taking over and like infesting her life mm. um, to the point where it's like literally what she like lives in. Quite literally spreading like weeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Not too- Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, not too far off from where we are now. Thank God we uh, all all handshook agreed on wireless uh, communication instead of wired. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, even uh, if you want, if you want to start getting into some of the conspiracies, uh, Nikola Tesla originally wanted us to be a wireless community before we ever became a wired community. He had ideas for wireless telephones before wired telephones were ever a thing. Um, 
and you know it just kind of goes into the whole collective unconscious uh that they kind of talk about in the show um and how the earth itself kind of resonates at a certain frequency and if you tune into that frequency uh you know you become more receptive to these ideas that are spread across the globe like anti-fascism <laughs> you would hope that one spread across the globe we've we fought twice about this <laughs> twice uh, put on my muck boots get back in my big ass iron warship and go all the way across the Atlantic again <laughs> but uh <laughs> no I'm, I'm right. not gonna fight in World War 3 let's be real not that no. I'm like a pacifist just on principle no but I yeah I no need to fight in it um but no the the global consciousness thing is is very that was a deep pull I wasn't super expecting. Um, because you, it's pretty clear that, you know, the earth, the earth do talk and let, mm. let you, let you know what's wrong. Uh, so, yeah. Well, there's also, uh, experiments that have been done with, uh, grade school children where here in the U S, uh, they will be played a song made up of, Japanese words and syllables that don't actually mean anything. They just kind of rhyme. And then they've also been played real Japanese songs. And even though these grade schoolers cannot differentiate between the two, uh, they always lean towards the real song. And it's one of those, even if they don't fully understand it, there is some part of them that is connecting to the collective unconscious that does kind of point them in the direction of the word. This is <laughs> this is this is more more real than uh, the nonsense. Yeah. Uh, this whole time, I've been primed and ready for a spiel about Carl Jung and his collective unconsciousness theory. Um, oh yeah, I mean it's a it's a very uh, yeah, central you, theme to the show, so yeah, it's uh, you, you it's great to bring up. Nailed it. There is you know the kids almost instinctively seem to all lean kind of the same way in the kind of vein of common sense. And then there's also the idea behind once a new idea pops up into the world, mm. then it spreads like wildfire uh, just through, you know, maybe if you don't fully understand it, but the person next to you does. And then that shared kind of, reasoning just kind of spreads and proliferates and uh and the next thing you know everybody's at least somewhat proficient at whatever that new idea was or there's also you know the cases where two people on opposite sides of the world make the same invention you know within a year or two of each other without ever having any contact yeah yeah i've been a victim of that one before <laughs> yeah when i was in middle school i tried to invent pizza in a cup Turns out someone else had already invented pizza in a cup. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! When I was at summer camp, when I was eight, I uh, I mixed pink lemonade with purple Kool Aid, and I called it purple stuff. And it was the fizzy pink lemonade because I wanted the bubbles. 
Uh, turns out there was already an energy drink called Purple Stuff. Oh, sh- oh, that's such a deep pool, dude. But I was close. I've tasted greatness. Oh. I guess since we already talked about some of the conspiracies, I guess I'll uh, I'll talk into talk about at least a couple of the others that were brought up. Mm. Uh, so in the one episode, they had mentioned it several times before it had actually appeared. But in several episodes, they talk about this girl in a red and green sweater appearing in people's rooms, and uh, when this quote unquote girl appears in Lane's room, it's actually a gray alien. Mm-hmm. And then I think it is the next episode that they actually start doing. I, I think it was the info dump episode or the. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but yeah, they start going into it and they start talking about majestic 12, which was the uh, alien research team put together by president Truman. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was very interesting. Just kind of seeing that talked about. Uh, I personally don't think that it was a forged signature. I definitely believe that it was a real document and a real group that was put together. And I believe uh, they are the ones that started uh, Project Blue Book, which was the official government sanctioned looking into UFO reports, Mm -hmm. uh, which some of that has been declassified within recent years. So if y'all are ever curious, y'all can look that up. I've been all over that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's way better than politics this last, like, year and a half. Oh, yeah. Aliens are always more fun. Aliens are more fun. I need to probably go on that. But, man, it's getting spicy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Another one was the, the Mimex, which was the idea of storing information in very small like scripts that you'll be able to magnify and reread later on uh that was talked about before the actual invention of computers and uh the way that they store data and recently that is coming back into the spotlight in conspiracy groups more or less uh because there is talk of with the rise of quantum computers uh I think it was, I don't know, somewhere between five and ten years ago, they started talking about how they realized that a crystal or a crystalline structure could store information way greater than anything we have today. But the problem is, is once the information is on there, they don't necessarily have a way to pull that information back out. But uh, I know that they are working on or there's talk of working on something called the, uh, oh, what was it? The, oh, GGGQDP, I think. It's like the Gallidium Glabmite, Gallidium Glactite, something, something. Basically, it's a man made uh, crystal that is extremely pure in the way that it crystallizes. And they're saying that one of those crystals, which is the size of like one centimeter by one centimeter, could hold uh, eight full internets as they are today. Mm. So everything on the internet and everything that it encompasses times eight could fit within that structure. 
And they talk about using those for quantum computing because of the way uh, how quantum computers work. They need a lot of memory. So uh, it's interesting how things that have been talked about for almost 100 years now, uh, they're still being talked about. Right. And it Next. doesn't seem like it's just a case of like people being stubborn either. It seems more like the idea is growing as more information is presented or as more potential information, I suppose, is presented in the way that conspiracy theories work. Yeah. It's like the more we understand, the more it's not just a crazy out there conspiracy. It's more of a, this is something that could be possible. And then uh, I guess the last one I'll touch on that they actually talk about in the show is John C. Lilly. Uh, I don't do either of y'all know who that is. No, sir. No, I, no idea. He is the person that invented deprivation tanks. So, uh, you know, like the deprivation tank they use in Stranger Things to, like, enhance her powers. Yeah. He invented that back in, like, the 60s. And then uh, he also believed that we could form communication with dolphins. And he believed that dolphins were of equal or greater intelligence than us. And so he got a bunch of grants and built this house out in Florida that was, like, halfway submerged in water. Oh, no way. I do know this. And basically him and one of his uh, research assistants moved in there with some dolphins and he was trying to teach the dolphins English. Well, as time went on, he started taking a bunch of LSD and just chilling in his deprivation tank and he was getting orders from the Echo. And it was a council of aliens that oversaw the Earth. And they were telling him things to do. And so he's getting absolutely lost in the sauce. And then his research assistant uh, starts having relations with said dolphin. And then uh, I think the people that were funding him came in, took a look around, and they were like, yeah, now we're shutting this down. Like, this is, this is no way okay. <laughs> this is science. <laughs> this is what love looks like, doctor. <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, let them stay together. Uh, I I don't think so. I'm pretty sure they they split them up. Oh, but uh, yeah, it was a sad day for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> if if I remember from what how I first heard it, it was it was not necessarily the nicest dolphin towards the research assistant. Well. She would try to give him his English lessons and he would get distracted and aroused and then try and uh, relieve himself with her. And then she decided somewhere along the way that she was like, yo, if he's just going to keep acting this way, then I'm just going to help relieve him so that maybe he'll pay more attention in class. And um, yeah, yeah, don't necessarily yeah. think that was the best idea for a teacher and her student, but uh really glad I didn't grow up around this woman. This isn't <laughs> what I mean when I say I support cross-species genetics. I paid so little attention in class, I would have been getting jerked off left and right. <laughs> That's a cry. <laughs> uh, okay, I guess I guess back to the show. Uh 
What what were some writing choices or production decisions that uh, y'all want to talk about? Was there anything specific? I love the constant static buzz that is constant throughout the show, except for whenever Lane says stop it. And then it picks back up. I do agree with that. I did actually really, really enjoy that touch because it was like no matter where she was within the world, it was always going on in the background. It just kind of showed that you can never fully escape. Yeah, it's um, like even when you yourself are disconnected, you know, it is it's not like the radio waves or the microwaves or whatever. The Oh, no, the 5G isn't you know, being transmitted, passed around, potentially through you, even. Um, For as much as we are in the wired, the wired is in all of us. True. We are the wired. Hmm. I am incredibly wired. Yeah, I kind of liked the way that the writing really kind of ramps up the way it starts out fairly normal, I guess, you know, with, I mean, yeah, there's like the, the weird stuff, like the, the first episode where the classmate kills herself and then everybody starts receiving emails from her. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, it's just kind of like, well, it could be a joke. It could be a hack. It could be whatever. And then be a ghost. Yeah. yeah. It could and then be a ghost. once they actually get to Siberia and they're like, we're pretty sure we saw a girl like you here before. And that's when everything slowly starts to, I guess, lose clarity. You can no longer fully separate what, what really happened, what didn't happen. And then whenever they get to the end of the show and, uh, she has made the decision to reset everybody and she is no longer there with them because she erased herself from everybody. Uh, she has a little monologue talk where she talks about how memories aren't just of the past, but they could also be of the present or the future. And so it's like, how do you know that these lanes that were at the start of the series that weren't lane are actually lane, but just lane of the future going back and somewhat starting off all of this. It's a little time travel. It's I don't hate time travel. It's a little if uh, y'all mind if I drop minor AOT spoilers. <laughs> uh, I'm caught up, so let's go. Uh, it was it. It was kind of a Aaron Yeager, a precursor, I guess. Beta Beta Yeager, if you will. <laughs> I mean, um, you're not wrong. Uh, sorry, Matt, if you were going to watch Attack on Titan. Um, I was thinking about it, but like... It's it's it, good. It's good. It's, it's, good. it's very good. It's very yeah, good. I no, it's like good. I, I was watching, Ka- or reading, sorry, Kaiju number eight, and then I saw Kaiju number eight's getting that anime adaptation. So I started reading a little bit of Attack on Titan, and then I decided, well, it all feels really familiar because that was the exact reason I was going to switch to Attack on Titan, was because it felt very familiar coming from uh, Kaiju number 8. But now I'm just at the point where it's like, you know what, I'll watch the anime when it comes out, and uh, 
Attack on Titan, I'll I'll consume as it goes. I didn't start watching Game of Thrones until like five seasons in, maybe. <laughs> so, you know, Attack on Titan just ended or is about to end? It's about to end. Okay. It, the manga has ended. The manga yeah. has ended, yes. Yeah. So, you know, we're getting there. It'll come up. Uh so- Hopefully you forget that spoiler then. It was a spoiler? Yeah, it was it was it was vague enough that it'll be fine. Yeah. Oh. Um, Man, I just hope nothing happens to my favorite Titan Bean. Oh <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. Him and Bean and Han to live forever, bro. <laughs> Thank goodness. So uh what characters did y'all enjoy the most out of the show and uh which ones did y'all not like as much? So I kind of didn't like Carl because why the fuck does he love a middle school girl? Uh, I'm glad you opened with that one because I'm of the the same opinion. I'm like, bro, this is a grown ass man. Yeah, dating his love. Yeah, I mean, Masmi makes sense because Masmi has a god complex, and he's like, I am God. I'm kind of upset that you're God. Please die. Yeah, but Carl. Carl, Carl, that kills people. You can't love the underage girls, Carl. Yeah, that's an odd one. Um, the disembodied mouth was an interesting character choice. Do we even call it a character? I mean, it was like, like she said, Cheshire Cat one knockoff. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like people actually like the Cheshire Cat is the difference. Yeah. But then, like, do you trust those people? Uh, no, I trust them about as much as I trust my cats. (laughs) I'm I'm not not stereotyping, but I don't I don't trust Cheshire Cat fans. Uh, I know a couple. But, uh, they characters. But yeah, I think, I think the, the way that they presented avatars in the Wired was very interesting because back when this was made, you couldn't really do that. I think, uh, I think one of the biggest role play virtual self games was probably Second Life. And those characters are very, you know, Rune, RuneScape era graphics. Yeah. Um, it was like either stuff like that or it was just static images. And then here you are today where we've got VR chat where you could literally make a, any kind of avatar do any kind of thing. <laughs> Go uh, Fortnite. <laughs> oh, why is Vegeta just as tall as Goku? Listen. They haven't. They didn't have that much budget after they got the license. <laughs> they spent so much money on the license. I get it. Okay, they'll get it. They'll get the money back for the next pass. Who do you think he'll be? You think he'll be another anime character or or IRL? It can't be another anime character. It'll be another anime character. I'm placing my money on another another anime character. But who who's better than Goku Fortnite? The next one, I think, will be. Yeah, it's probably Kirito. 
I was going to say um, Miles Teller from <laughs> Top Gun 2. Damn. First, it was Jack Harlow. And now Miles Teller has people in his grasp. I Just mean, wait hey, until Bryce Pappenberg gets into Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Bryce. <laughs> Um, it's okay. We have fun, even if it is at Bryce's expense. <laughs> I should have got that autograph, dude. Uh, you know, honestly, would have made a lot of these bits really awkward. So it's probably big picture for the best that you didn't. Even though <laughs> it would have been super sick if you did. Uh. <laughs> Next con, if you if we're there at the same time, I'll I'll pay and get an autograph from Bryce. <laughs> yeah, I'd I'd probably tell him about it too if I went up to get his autograph. Like, listen, check out my podcast. We talk a lot of shit about you. <laughs> now I'll be like, hey, can you just say to the antibodies, um, <laughs> big big Bryce Pap or some shit, <laughs> big big Brycey P. Uh, it's okay. This dude gets it. Yeah, he's uh, like he's swimming in fangirls on account of all the anime voice acting. Yeah. I mean, as you do, as you do. They it's say true. do X character's voice, and then he just says words in his normal voice, and they love it. <laughs> um, Taro, the child, was also pretty interesting. He was probably. My favorite of all the side characters. I liked him a lot. Yeah. Like, I liked that he knew both lanes and was like, he knew when too much was too much. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was like, I got to stop to hold him. No when to fold him. Exactly. That's how we played Texas 20. That's how you played Blackjack. (laughs) God. My brain would, if you could work sometimes, that'd be wonderful. Um, what are some characters you liked? Tristan, Tristan San, Tristan Sama? Um, Tara was definitely the favorite. Uh, I'm trying to figure out my feelings towards Alice. Uh, oh, Ariesu, Alice? Yeah. Yeah. She, she's a very nice girl. Um, definitely, like, I feel like she could have done more to stop the bullying, but it was good that she was a genuine friend to Lane. Yeah, but also the last, like, two episodes, whenever she's actually at Lane's place, and she sees the manifestation of uh, what's his name, Amiri, um, and the way that she's kind of like, why? She was like, why did you let me remember everything? Like, why did you erase it from everybody else? And she's just kind of like, why are you letting me suffer like this? And uh, you know that really devastates Lane because Lane's like, you were my only friend. Like, I thought you would understand that. Like, I left this as a part of you so that you can remember me and what I've done, I guess, for you. Um, But then again, 
they're middle school girls. Like, they're middle school children. Like, they, I don't think they can, like, comprehend the full gravitas of what Lane's actions have done. Or, like, what leaving the memory of a world that now quite literally no longer exists. And you're, like, the only, like, one of the only physical beings left, you know? Yeah. It was just, I don't know, it was just kind of, like, I get the reasoning, but it was still just kind of sad to see. Because I feel like that was the turning point for Lane. Lane's character was, uh, you know, before that point, she still had the option to, I guess, return to the real world. But after that, it it was almost clear that she could never return to the, the real world, you know? Yeah. And especially knowing what she knew towards the end about how she was just, I guess, a program that was made to be a physical manifestation of something from the wired. Uh, I think it just kind of proved to her that she didn't belong in the real world and that she had to go back. Yeah. That's fair. Um, feel that. Uh, I I have like four topics, like four small topics I want to bring up about Lane, if that's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, I'll I'll do them in an ascending or yeah ascending order of or yeah ascendings when you start at the bottom, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah, ascending of how how much I actually want to talk about these things. Um, because I did watch like some YouTube videos over Lane, just because I did watch this. Oh, like a week ago before whatever um and uh one of them brought up the fact that uh so y'all remember like the beginning part heavy with the knights yeah. um it 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 very much something that the show does well it does like a very like accurate like how artsy it is it shows an accurate betrayal of how a lot of things are done um in like the modern day and like that showed a pretty accurate like show of radicalization and how it's done throughout the internet um with the the one character attempting to join the knights and like that type of group dynamic so i thought that was pretty interesting because like those those types of groups weren't like like they were around back then but they weren't like as prevalent as they are now Right. Well, it says something about how much easier it is for like fringe groups of people to find like minded folks, you know, across large distances or without publicly expressing their views. Mm. They can find people that are kindred spirits, you know, honestly, probably pretty easily when it comes to things like 4chan. Yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, Uh, even just piggybacking off of that, they predicted so much of what internet culture would become. Yes, that's another one of my points, actually. Yeah. uh, Sorry to make you go out of order, but uh, (laughs) carry on. Carry on, please. Uh, It's just very interesting to see how at the start of the show, especially there is Lane the actual person and then there is lane the internet persona and it goes to show that uh i guess the longer you put on the persona in the internet 
the more it will bleed into your real life and the more consequences it will have. And I feel like some of the rumor stuff that happened with Alice started out kind of like how middle school kids would treat it. You know, she probably said something on the Internet as like a joke or something. And Mm -hmm. once it's on the Internet, it spreads and catches fire. And once it's out there, you can't really take it back. Like there is no real way to take it back. And uh, I mean, I know I've seen at least while we were in high school, I know that I've seen several things like that happen where, you know, friends get into small arguments and someone says something petty online and then, you know, it goes to ruined lives or friendships or whatever. And especially in today's age of. You know, celebritizing content creators, whether they're. Twitch streamers or Instagram models or whatever you want to, whatever they do, uh, you know, a lot of these people aren't real people. They're personas that are presented on the Internet. But I feel like as these personas kind of get played out, they gradually do become real. Right. Almost like they spend so much time playing the part in front of the camera or screen or whatever that it kind of leaks its way into their private life off of the, or when they're not in the focal point or whatever. Yeah. I I definitely think the show did a really good job of just unknowingly. So showing like how much the internet, like drastically just changes like the world. And it's like just existing. Um. Uh, a lot of it does come from because I th- I think it's nice that Lane is God because it it does sh- even show that like she didn't think she was God you know she's like I'm a normal girl but all these people on the on the internet like praised her and eventually she's like oh right, yeah I'm God cool whatever I guess I'll reset the world um that like that's definitely like I feel like some content creators do like develop that type of like mentality like they are just gods and not like people from like the internet yeah and they've uh, acquired that kind of reminded me of a scene that i really really enjoyed that i forgot to mention was uh when she is talking to uh you know the god of the internet uh and she's talking to him and he's like well i made you she's just like well who made you like what why are you where you're at like why why are you doing the things you do and he's just like you you can't understand and she's like no i understand that the only reason you claim to be god is because you were filling the spot for the real god to come along and just like the delivery of it and the way that she kind of implied like i am i am the god now and i'm here for that spot i thought that was just like a really like kind of savage moment. Yeah. Lane, Lane, a savage. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's, she's almost as savage as Nico Robin. (laughs) Almost, almost. Um, I also like that, you know, the three different lanes could kind of also be like the id ego and super ego. Mm -hmm. That was, that was I a nice hadn't little considered touch. that one, but yeah, yeah. See, I or, started uh, thinking really like 
psychologically after we got the Fashuke thing. Well, I was going to say also in the very last episode, the episode name is Ego. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of funny because they're like, Ego. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Why can't they just say the, say the words? <laughs> uh, say the words. Just different and funny. <laughs> I, I guess. I I guess I wasn't a Fashuke a, a Fashukeology ma- major. Yeah, you had it set to M for many. It needed to be W for Wumbo. Ah, <laughs> you're right. You're right. Um, gosh, and then there was one more thing. Oh, apparently, so Lane was supposed to be. There's like a Lane video game. Yeah, Did y'all know, that? like in the like, show or for us, for us, like, like oh. not not the one you sent, Tristan, but an actual like lane game. That yeah, was, the like, one I made. sent was like a a fan made one, but yeah, I kind of want to find a find the copy of a Jap, you know, obviously buy a totally legal copy of the Japanese version and just play it. <laughs> Because I find I can, a copy just yes. on the street somewhere conveniently. Probably in my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like it's a uh OG PlayStation game. And yeah. it looks like I did just find a fan translation, which I will post in the Discord. Hell yeah. But yeah, no, that. I feel like that would be pretty fun to play because apparently it was done by like the same team. Mm. Uh, so it does tell like kind of the same story, just different, um, just with you know slight differences within it. Uh, but sick. We'll definitely check that out. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to check that out as well. Because yeah. I haven't actually looked too much into the game, so uh, I'm kind of curious like to see how it uh, pairs with the show. But yeah, no, I, I literally just found out about that one like not too long ago. If you need a link to a uh, PS1 emulator, I got you. Uh, it looks like it's, uh, it's straight just em- emulated on the net. It looks like the website itself oh, will emulate, emulate it for you. The online version. Yeah. Well, that's even better. Um, I guess any other any other thoughts or discussion points before we move on to rating? No, I think I'm uh, ready to hit this with some ones and zeros. Other than we got to watch Digimon Tamers now. <laughs> <laughs> we have to. It's the middle child of the writer. Uh, I would very specifically like to watch Digimon. Yes. I'm Don't down worry. for that. I'm down for that. Hell yeah. It's so, the good uh, I guess, what are, what are y'all's thoughts? Who wants to go first? Um, I think I will go first. And, oh. uh, Despite my tired old man brain not having a lot of uh, super duper insightful, I guess, tidbits, uh, mostly just memes, 
I very much enjoyed this high brain functioning or high functioning brain show. Uh, so I'm going to give Serial Experiments Lane uh, a, a nice uh, 9. Don't want to go too high. 9.3 crossed wires out of 10. <laughs> Thankfully, it's not the streams. Yeah, never cross the streams. Uh, wires if you have to, just make sure they're cabled. Yeah, you see shielded. how many wires I had crossed when I was trying to come up with that rating there? <laughs> Fair enough. Um, as for myself, uh, you know, upon talking about it, I realized I actually like Lane more than what I originally put on my Mal. Mm. Um, so I'm going to have to give this a solid 8K Hertz frequency out of 10. Very nice, very nice. Uh, I also had to edit my, my score because uh, when I was making my list, it had been a long time since I had seen it, and I was just like, I remember it being really good. I'll just give it a nine, but I think I'm going a full 10 screens plastered around the room out of 10. Damn, he Whoa. gave Lane a tane. He uh, said, first first official show as a host, I'm coming in here balls out. Nah, you know Bro. what? I like it. I'm glad we made him the host today. I I loved this show. Like, I remember being in high school and being just absolutely enamored with it and getting to rewatch it after such a long time. I feel like I've fallen just as deeply in love with it. It is just banger, banger of a show. Yeah, it's so rewatchable, too. Like, it's even though it's what, like 30 years old at this point, not quite. Not quite, but almost almost. (laughs) And the fact that it is still as relevant today as it was back then, I think uh, I think giving it anything less than a 10 would just do it a disservice. It has upheld the test of time. It has indeed upheld the test of time. I'll give you that. It is. Is it 25 yet? Uh, It's 25 next year. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's about as old as the Cowboys last Super Bowl. (laughs) <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. but no yeah lane's really good um but yeah i guess the next show we're doing is full metal alchemist brotherhood but yeah oh we are doing that. that doing that yeah because <laughs> i've never seen it and uh, me and matt keep talking shit about it yeah matt exists solely to be punished by the universe so i'm gonna watch all of full metal alchemist brotherhood and try to say nice things when we open up season three of the antibodies it could be good dude it could be good it probably will be that's gonna be the worst part alex i'm gonna have to eat so much crow i'm not even hungry i'm hearing that you haven't seen it either matt I saw like three episodes and then gave up and decided it was worse than the original Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, I've seen all the original Full Metal Alchemist because I was talking to someone in, in a Discord uh, channel and they're like, oh, it's really good. No bias. And I'm like, let me watch this. I was like, this was mid as shit. What the fuck was this ending? Mm-hmm. So, uh, then I, so then I watched Brotherhood, like not all of it, but like past the 
the big cry death, and I was like, it's still shit. I hate Edward so much. I hate this man. Where's my vampire boy? Uh, uh, okay, so now I know coming guns loaded, and I'll be I'll be coming in hot. I'll be head hunting next episode. Oh, 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 so, oh, oh, so you like this show? Oh, it, it's literally one of my favorites. It's oh, it is no. the ultimate conspiracy anime. Y'all don't even know. Y'all don't I even know. know. I I know. I know though. I because you, you didn't you didn't finish the show, so you don't know. Because like saying you watched the first one does not compare at all to to Brotherhood. So what? you're you're in for a treat, my my guy, my 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 pals. Oh, I no. I know about father and all that. Shiz, <laughs> all father. that shiz. Is Mustang Edward's father? No. <laughs> you know, Are you I sure you didn't watch. I, I that's fair. I do <laughs> I do like to use the phrase it's a it's a sad day for rain whenever I cry sometimes. Uh speaking of crying, uh or, remember when I got really excited about KJ file? Yeah, the uh, the kaiju anime that was supposed to be coming out this summer that had some Monster Hunter vibes about like coexisting. Yeah, where'd it go? Uh, still can't find it anywhere, so <laughs> no! it's not going to be on the season three list. <laughs> That's um, but I have replaced it with something even more promising than Birdie Wing. It's Lycoris Recoil. It's like oh, Birdie Wing, oh. but instead the waifus have guns. Perfect. Perfect. I've heard good things about this show. It's on, yeah, my, of, it's uh, on my summer binge list. Yeah, it's currently airing, so it'll wrap up here just in time. Um, Excellent. And then we can look at planning out our schedule for season three based on you know what has not completed yet. Fair enough. We'll probably be back in about three, four weeks. Yeah, not a long break at all. We uh we kind of had an unexpectedly long break between our last couple of episodes here. Yes. Yeah. Enough time to muster down this Edward fellow. So <laughs> <laughs> mustang down this Edward fellow. Yeah, but uh that'll be it from us here at the Anna Buddies. Um our sponsors calling. I'll 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 catch y'all later. Don't forget to keep drinking them. Yeah. <laughs>